You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Oh, as I think I said last time, well, firstly, actually, it's, it's great to, to be back here again. So, uh, Tammy and Nigel, thank you for inviting me. Um, as I think I said last time, when I'm trying to preach, I always want to preach what God wants me to preach. As I think I said before, if I do the things that I want to do, things never quite work out. But if I do what God wants me to do, they, they tend to. So I sat in my kitchen on Friday the 28th of October and said, Lord, I'm going to wait in your presence and I want you to give me the words that you want me to preach. And he gave me the word forgiveness. Now I have to say, I wasn't really thrilled. I said, oh, come on, Lord, I've got, I've got some great stories. I've had some great experiences in my Christian life, but they don't really fit into this. Why am I doing forgiveness? But I prayed some more, and it became very clear that this was the topic. And to be honest with you, I'm glad it was, because I learned a great deal myself from, from researching this. And I think in everybody's lives sometime, we will have a period where either we need to be forgiven or to forgive others. Added to this, the Christian faith is based on God forgiving us our sins. So the more I thought about this, and the more I searched this, the more I understood this. It is so relevant to us all. And at some, some stage in our lives, forgiveness will be important. Sometimes we can be hurt by people we don't know, but often it is the people we know. It can be from people from church, um, work colleagues, friends, or family. So I started to take a look at what the Bible says about forgiveness. Because obviously this is where a good sermon should start. And boy, there's a lot. There's an awful lot in there. So it was quite an easy task. So if I start with Ephesians 4, verse 32, I'm going to use the NIV all the way through. And it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Okay, well, here's our first two takeaway points. Firstly, Christ forgave you. And secondly, we need to copy Christ and be compassionate by forgiving others. Let's just go back to the first point. Christ forgave you. Let's just let that sink in. No matter what you have done, you're forgiven. And that is grace. And grace is going to come into this sermon quite a bit. And and I don't apologise for that at all. However, Matthew's gospel turns this around a little, little bit, showing that it cannot just be one way. That in order to be forgiven by God, we have to do our part and forgive others. So Matthew 6, verse 14 to 15, and I don't expect you to, to try and find all these, because there's quite a lot, and I'm going to jump around a bit, but it, yet again in the NIV it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Then if we look at Colossians 3, verse 13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, one thing I've noticed about myself is that I'm actually really slow to forgive. 
this is a weakness of mine. And actually, as I looked into this, I thought, oh, my word. Um, I'm actually judging others. I'm actually condemning the person that I feel has wronged me. But the Bible makes it clear that is wrong. In Luke 6, 37, we read, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So I started to look at myself and how I approach forgiveness. And I have to say, I was really not happy with what I saw in myself. If I thought about all the times people have wronged me, I noticed that actually I was not good at forgiving others. In fact, I'm opposite of what the Bible says. I'm quick to anger, and I'm not very good at quickly forgiving people. So it suddenly struck me the irony of this message. But obviously this message is just not for me. I think in the modern world, we have more and more opportunities where more and more people around us could let us down or hurt us. It's partly because... We live in a digital age. We are connected to a lot more people, whether we realise it or not, by having mobile phones, having email, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and many more platforms. So in some ways, there are more opportunities for people to intentionally or unintentionally harm us or offend us. When I was at university doing my first degree, I once heard a Baptist pastor telling me a famous story about the power of forgiveness. Now, I heard this story over 30 years ago, so forgive me if the details are not quite right, and I also know there's many versions of this story, but the main point of the story remains the same. There was a father who had a son who he had not seen for many years after they'd had some major arguments. In fact, the arguments had got so bad that the relationship became physical and violent, so the father told the son to leave home Neither could forgive the other, so they'd not spoken to each other for a very long time. The son became bitter and didn't realise why, but his lack of forgiveness to his father was destroying him. The son knew, however, that he had done something terribly wrong and that he'd angered and injured his father. So as time passed, the son decided to write to his father and said, Dad, I've wronged you, will you forgive me? There's no reason for you to love or welcome me back home. But I do want to come home. And I hope that you'll welcome me. I've been given a ticket for a train ride home. If you want me to come home, please put a ribbon on the clothesline out in the backyard near the train tracks. Because the son's father's house backed onto the railway line. He continued, if there's no ribbon, I'll understand. On the train journey home, the son became more and more nervous and was pacing up and down the aisle of the train. And as the train came close to his house that backed onto the tracks, he said to the man sitting next to him, Look, mate, do you mind if when we get round the next corner, you do me a favour and tell me if there's a white ribbon on the clothesline? The son closed his eyes, and the man sitting to him looked a bit nervous and a bit concerned, but he said, yeah, no, that's pro- no problem, I'll, I'll do that for you. And the man looked out the window. After a few minutes, the man said, there's, there's not a white ribbon on the tree. 
but the whole tree is covered with white sheets. The oak trees were covered with white sheets. The barn roof was covered with white sheets. The fence was covered with white sheets. The father forgave his son and so deeply wanted his son to come back home. Now this reminds us of the story of the prodigal son. And although similar, I don't want to confuse this too much because the main message of the parable of the prodigal son is a picture of God's love for us as his children. God's love for us does not depend on our faithfulness. It's unconditional. He loved us while we were still sinners. Though we are demanding and do not remain faithful, God is still faithful and loving. However, what is interesting here is that forgiveness facilitates love. Forgiveness brings back wholeness. If we do not forgive someone, we cannot expect others to forgive us. In order to become a Christian, one of the things we're asked to do is to repent. And what that means is actually say to God, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong, and I don't want to do them again. Remember, God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. The whole point of Advent and the candle is that the sun is coming. Christmas is coming. This is key to restoration. It's key to getting rid of all the things inside us that can cause us damage and negative feelings. Joyce Mayer, the famous American evangelist, once said, if people don't forgive, they are poisoning themselves. Hating someone will hurt you. It's like taking poison and hoping they will die. When you think about it, it's simple. But I understand if someone has caused you so much hurt that it seems impossible. And this is where our faith comes in. We can go to our Father and ask him to help us. We can go to him and say, Lord, thank you for giving me for all the things I've done wrong. But Lord, help me to forgive others like you forgave us. In fact, the element of forgiveness is so important in the Christian faith that it's part of the most important prayer in the Christian faith, the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. The difficulty comes with forgiveness is that it's natural if we start to forgive others that we expect others to forgive us. Sometimes this will happen and relationships will be restored and wholeness can be restored. But I want to speak to you in real terms as we live in a real world, a fallen world that's not perfect. A world where life will continually throw us challenges and it is up to us how we react, how we deal with those challenges. Sometimes people will not react and deal with them in the way we wish them. So part of becoming a spiritually mature Christian is to understand that although we must forgive others, sometimes people won't forgive us. And that shouldn't rock our faith. Yes, it's not easy to take, but it's also not our place then to condemn that person who has not forgiven us. And we shouldn't let it affect our faith because there'll always be those who fail to forgive or reject our love and forgiveness. 
this doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. This doesn't mean that we are living, this just means we're living in a fallen world where there is no perfection. There's a couple of key elements to remember here. Firstly, by forgiving someone, it doesn't mean that you accept any wrong that has been done to you is okay. Forgiveness doesn't mean you are to be walked over. It doesn't mean that a wrongful act hasn't been done to you. But by forgiving, it does mean that you are saying that the action will not affect you and control you. If you think about it, when God forgave us our sins, he certainly wasn't walked over. He is all-powerful, all-seeing, and all things are possible through him. If you turn this on its head, one can actually argue that the act of forgiveness actually gives us a chance to be more like God. And there's probably not a huge amount of opportunities there are to do this. The other key point that I want to bring up is that forgiveness is an act of love. And the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love. And I've, as I've mentioned before, a key element in Christianity and Christian theology is the element of grace. And grace is all about love and all about forgiveness. God sacrificed his son and forgave us our sins because he loved us so much. Forgiveness can be hard. And if it was easy, it would be, wouldn't be such a big deal. I personally struggle to forgive quickly, as I said before. I naturally look at the reasons logically why I am right, why the person who's hurt me is wrong, and justify them. But this makes things worse, as I have a reason why I'm right, they're wrong, and why they should not be forgiven. So obviously, this sermon is partly for me. But if we look at the link between forgiveness and, and grace, we can now talk about I mean, I could talk about forgiveness and grace and love for hours and hours and hours, but we've only got 25 minutes. Um, but we can s clearly see from the sermon that the word forgiveness is directly linked to God's commandments to love one another and also grace. In Matthew 22, 36 to 40, it says, the, 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 uh, it was about the disciples asking, which is the greatest commandment? And it says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on those two, those two um, commandments. So I ask you, can you keep the greatest commandment if you don't forgive someone? I think the answer is no. If your neighbour's dog comes and fouls on your front garden when you've been making it beautiful in the summer and you're like this and you're really angry with them, are you loving God? Are you loving them? You see, it can actually stop us from actually doing the, uh, the greatest, following the greatest commandment. Forgiveness does not say, though, that the hurt, pain or injustice that you have experienced does not count for anything. It does not say the person who needs forgiveness was in the right. 
what forgiveness does is it takes away the power of that deed or the person from continuing to hurt you over the issue. God is not necessarily asking you to feel differently about that person or their action. However, you can and should ask God to change how you feel towards that person to create the best outcome. Ni Chu Seng, a Chinese church leader from the last century said, unforgiveness in the heart of a Christian is the single biggest door for the devil. I'll just say that once more. Unforgiveness in the heart of a Christian is the biggest single door for the devil to get in. But how do you forgive someone? For, for some of us, forgiveness can seem impossible. Firstly, if we're struggling, then invite the Holy Spirit to take control of us and help forgive us. Secondly, pray for your enemies. The great thing about this is it will break the enemy's power over the situation. In Romans 12, 21, it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And there's two points to remember. Forgiveness does not mean, as I've said before, being walked over by the person you're forgiving. It means um, taking control of the moral high ground and stopping yourself being taken over by any negative feelings associated to what has happened. Secondly, forgiveness is often counterintuitive. What I mean by this is it can feel the exact opposite of what you should do. And I've noticed more and more in my life that God operates that, um, operates like that. Often the best thing for us to do is the least expected, the path less trodden. The other day, I needed to relax. I'd had a stressful week at work and a stressful weekend. We had lots of things going wrong that we needed to sort out. Nothing life-threatening, but it was just a bit stressful. And Jenny went out with the kids. So I decided to turn on the TV and I was flicking through Prime and I was drawn to a fil film called Burden. Maybe because I was unconsciously felt burdened at the time, who knows. Incredibly, it turned out to be a film about doing something that is counterintuitive and about forgiveness. Now I'm going to tell you the film because I, I'm not expecting you to watch it because it's a hard, it, it's a hard watch. But Forrest Whitaker plays the Reverend Kennedy. It's a true story. A black Baptist minister who is campaigning about the Ku Klux Klan opening up a Ku Klux Klan museum in his town in the 1990s. The other main character in the story is a guy called Mike Burden. Now, Mike Burden is a grand dragon in the Ku Klux Klan and one of the worst members of the Ku Klux Klan. He's one of the violent men, the men who goes out sorting out people for the Ku Klux Klan. And he hates anyone who's not white with a vengeance. Now, the Reverend Kennedy obviously despises the Ku Klux Klan and protests against this museum. The Ku Klux Klan obviously repulses his whole family. So what is the last thing the Reverend Kennedy would do? Well, that's forgive Mike Bowden. And when Mike Bowden lost his job and had no income, Reverend Kennedy 
decided to take him into his own home, giving Mike, his partner, and their son a place to live amongst his own black family. It is counterintuitive, and even the Reverend Kennedy could not believe what he was doing and had to go outside and said, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. This is madness. But if he gives Mike Burden the person he is, the things he's done, and lets love take over. Now, interestingly, it wasn't just his love, but a new love that the Lord required of him to love his enemy. Now, the amazing conclusion to the film is that through forgiveness and doing something counterintuitive, Mike Burden leaves the Ku Klux Klan and gives his life to the Lord and was baptised. It's an incredible story about lives being completely changed. Remember, how a person becomes a Christian, they repent first. That means they ask God for forgiveness. So without forgiveness, there is no faith. So a simple summary, God forgives us. He sent his son to die for us as the ultimate sacrifice. Therefore, firstly, we need to repeatedly ask God to forgive us. And when we do wrong, and secondly, we have to be ready to forgive others. Acts 2.38 says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. I'll just finish by saying, never underestimate the power of forgiveness. Never underestimate the power of love, for forgiveness and love can overturn years of hurt and hatred. Amen.